Hey everybody, thank you so much for stopping by for episode one of Kylie Says. Before we jump into everything, I just wanted to do a super quick PSA because what we are going to be talking about in this episode may potentially be triggering for some of you. If you have a past history of eating disorders or disordered behavior, or if those topics make you seriously uncomfortable or give you anxiety, this is likely not the episode for you. This episode is going to dive into those topics in a very real and vulnerable way, while also providing my experience and in no way, shape, or form am I a doctor. If you have an issue with disordered eating, I highly recommend that you speak to a psychiatrist or a therapist who specializes in that. I am not that. This is solely my experience, what I dealt with and went through, and my perspective and how I've reached where I am today. So I encourage you, if this is something that you're you're hoping that you can get through yourself and you're in the process of recovery, or you're just interested to learn about my personal journey, buckle in and stay tuned. But if this makes you uncomfortable, please skip this episode. No hard feelings. I totally understand. Please take care of yourself. This might not be the one for you, but next week, tune back in. So now, let's get into it. Welcome back to Kylie Says. I am so incredibly nervous to talk about this topic. I have thought about the different ways that I could go about sharing this. I have a blog, Tan and Wild, www.tanandwild.com, shameless plug. And I thought about potentially putting all of this information there and writing it out in just this super long post. But frankly, there was so much information and so much that I wanted to cover that I almost felt like that wasn't the right platform for me because I needed to be able to tell this story. I needed to verbalize it. I needed to get this out for my own well-being, my own mental health. I needed to talk this out without a script. I have nothing in front of me right now. I'm in a pitch black room in my bedroom while my husband is at basketball practice. And I'm just going to completely open up about this story. There's so much that I want to uncover, but I also have this deep-seated fear that once I actually go live with this, I can never take it back. But part of the reason why I want to get this story out there in the first place is A, because I am so hopeful that this can help someone. I'm so hopeful that this will resonate with someone who's experienced something similar or who is dead set on getting help for themselves and starting the healing process, but they don't even know where to begin. They feel like they're completely alone in this process. They feel like they have no one to talk to. And for those of you, I am here for you. I understand exactly where you have been, and it is one of the most isolating places in the entire world. You are not alone, and you are worthy of putting yourself first. First and foremost, it is not selfish to want some self-care. And I will say that and shout that from the rooftops. It is not selfish to prioritize yourself, point blank. So what I want to talk about today is my eating disorder journey. And I have only told a few people in the entire world 
about this and very few of them actually know the entire story and know what I have felt from a young age or when this started or some of those triggers. I think I'm the only one with that information. And I am a little bit nervous that if I share this, you know, people from my work might listen to this or be interested in hearing my story. And that's a scary place to be. That's a level of vulnerability I have never put out into the world before. And funny enough, I'm also thinking about what if my daughter listens to this one day? You know, what is she going to think about this? What would my son think? Even how is my husband going to react? But when it comes to where I'm being pulled right now and what my spirit is telling me to do, it's to open up about these things and frankly just release all of the negativity associated with it. I was a captor from this for so long that now I'm ready to break free. I am no longer captive. I am in charge. And I feel like if I'm able to get this out there, I'm A, no longer a victim to it, but B, I don't have to be holding on to this. I feel like it's been affecting my body, my mind, how I feel in my bones and my soul for so long because this is one of those diseases where when it gets its claws into you, you are stuck for life. You will be ripping those nails out of your skin every single time something like Thanksgiving dinner comes up, which, you know, Thanksgiving is next week um, at the time that I'm recording this. That is a terrifying feeling for anyone who's had an eating disorder. Going into the holiday season, going into times where you know that the entire day is centered around food is something that used to utterly terrify me. And before I get into all of that, given Thanksgiving is next week, so it's just something that's top of mind, I really want to start from the beginning. And I want to start with the very first time that I noticed or had any inclination to identify the fact that I looked different from someone else. And that moment in time happened for me in fifth grade. I was part of this girl gang, if you will, um, and we called ourselves the Adidas Girls, and we all had Adidas jackets, and we wore them all the time in the winter, and frankly, just all the time, and in my mind, we were cool, we were so hip, we, you know, people wanted to be our friends, it was awesome, I loved our girl group so much, I was honestly so proud to be a part of them, and that's really when I think my ego started to appear in my life. It was a moment in time for me when I started becoming more aware that you could be cool or people could want to be like you or that you could have something that others didn't. And I liked that. And I vividly remember on the last day of school taking photos with that group of friends and just watching from afar at one of the girls in that group with me and seeing the sort of attention that she got. And noticing, wait a second, I think she's getting different attention than me. I think she might be prettier than me. I think people are reacting to her in a different way than they're reacting to me. And that was really an aha moment where I felt like I was looking from a bubble into the outside world. And all of this information was being downloaded into my brain that, hey, wait a second, that situation is not happening to me. What's wrong with me? What's different for me? Why? Why is this something I need to be paying attention to? Why is this standing out to me? And truly from then on, 
I became, my, my perception of others was acutely heightened in ways that I could look at a room and either feel the energy or understand who was the cool person in the room, the type of energy that they put off was almost stifling to me. It was almost like it would choke me. I was so aware that this person or these people were so captivating that they couldn't walk by you without everyone looking at them and just wanting to be them. And that was something I strive for so badly that I don't, I don't personally feel like I was ever that person in high school. I was never voted most likely to succeed, prettiest hair, best smile, any of that. I was never even up for a fucking nomination. I felt like I was hidden in the background. I was trying, I was hanging out with people that were doing bad things because I felt like I don't fit with anyone. So these people at least will be accepting of me because their mindset is much more, you know, laissez-faire in the sense that they're not expecting things from me. It's just, you kind of show up and be who you are and that's let's smoke some weed and live our lives and have some fun. And I think that that attributed to me a switching friend groups because I never felt like I knew where I belonged. I could, I could go with one friend group and totally get along with everyone. And I felt like, oh, I fit here. This is a good spot for me. And then I could go hang out with another group and feel like, hey, I like these people too. I could almost be a chameleon dependent on who I was around, which was a benefit, but also a disadvantage because it's a benefit when you can obviously get along with multiple types of people and have those connections, but it's a disadvantage when you're doing it to try to mold yourself into those people and what their expectations are because you have no idea who you are. And that was the situation that I was in and still to this day is something that I struggle with. And I'm going to pause there for a sec because I still want to get into a few pieces of my childhood that I feel like contributed to just this mindset overall that I needed this external validation to feel whole. And I participated in modeling and acting and voiceovers from a very young age. And I am so thankful that I did that. That was so much fun for me. I loved going to auditions. I loved going to go sees. I loved saying that I was a model. I loved having my little modeling books and my modeling sheets and going to photo shoots and doing all of those things. But one thing that's, you know, looking back, I think was potentially like a, a trigger for me is on all of your modeling books it has every single one of your measurements your bust your arms your legs like your height your weight every single thing your eye color your hair color like you are literally judged based on your measurements if those measurements do not match up to what they're looking for you are completely disregarded like thanks sorry you know you're too tall you're too fat you're too this you're too that and growing up in that mindset, even though I never realized it at the time and it never really felt like, you know, something that would harm me, I think I almost put it, pushed it so far down and it was very damaging. I remember going to go sees and basically you're looking around at all of your competition. That's pretty much how it is at such a young age. I don't know that that's the healthiest space for a young girl and or, you know, maybe it is for someone who's a little bit stronger or more confident or who just doesn't give a shit. But for me, I was deeply connected to the opinion of others and how that correlated to my self-worth. So that, I think, looking back was probably not the best place for me to be at that age. I also 
have a younger sister were about a year and a half apart and I compared myself to her in so many ways she in my mind she was so good at everything she was naturally beautiful without makeup which I did not feel that I was she was so smart and good at school without in my mind without ever trying I felt like she just had all of the things that I didn't she was smart she was naturally beautiful she was naturally thin all of the characteristics that I was not and as we got older and we were in high school I vividly remember being in the Virgin Islands and feeling like I wanted to shrivel up and disappear and not ever wake up or leave our room or a hotel or anything because I was so embarrassed to face the fact that I had to be in a bathing suit next to her and I was awful to her I would say things to her to purposefully make her feel bad or make her feel ashamed of why she wasn't eating something. Why are you not eating? And then I would purposefully overeat to make myself feel terrible just to self-validate and self-load in the way that, well, I'm not going to ever look like that. And I would think to myself, what must it feel like to look like that? What must it feel like to have that level of self-control? What must it feel like to look in the mirror and actually think I'm beautiful or my body is amazing. Like I had never, ever felt that way about myself or my body. I still don't after all of this work. So even just the anxiety I felt knowing I had to be in a bathing suit next to her and next to our family friends, I didn't realize at the time that it was anxiety, but it was crippling. It was, I was so in my head that I would try to cover up those feelings with things like drinking excessively and honestly just trying to get out of that mindset in whatever way I could but of course that was so not the answer to anything that just made me fight with people unnecessarily it made me mean it made me angry it made me confrontational it was absolutely not who my true self is and if I think back, I think that those were some of the moments that to me stand out the most. But I also have this ability that when things are really hard or they don't serve me for some reason or they're so painful, I can black them out. And not like a drinking blackout where you're like, oh gosh, I know I was there, but I wonder what happened. Like I can black them out to the degree in which I have absolutely no recollection or recall of them at all. I guarantee you there are more scenarios that led to this, but I cannot remember many of them. One thing that I do remember is when I got to college, I was terrified of gaining the freshman 15. Like there was absolutely no way in hell that I was going to gain that freshman 15 pounds. So I remember stocking my mini fridge in my room with things like carrot sticks, celery sticks, and I would eat those and I wouldn't overeat and I would go to the gym all the time. And I remember at that time, it was a huge accomplishment for me if I could run for 20 minutes. So I would try to do that. I would, you know, walk around the gym pretending like I had any idea what I was doing there. I absolutely did not. But I did not gain any weight freshman year, even though I was drinking a lot. I still was able to, I, I ended up losing weight freshman year and that made me feel amazing. So amazing that I stopped um, keeping up with that routine because it didn't seem attainable long-term for me. I felt like I was giving things up in order to have that body and lifestyle. And I felt like, okay, I've seen results. Great. Now I can kind of, you know, 
let loose a little bit. Come sophomore year, I was drinking so much, eating whatever I wanted. I was late night eating pretty much every single time, every single night we went out and I gained a bunch of weight. Um, and I was super unhappy with my appearance and also then add the layer of, I have no idea who I am. I'm super self-conscious. I'm driven by my ego and the fact that my self-worth is related to how other people view me. And now I'm in a sorority surrounded by tons of other women, many of whom I'm sure had similar situations or mindsets to me. But in my head, no one felt that way. Everyone was confident. Everyone looked amazing. Everyone looked beautiful. Everyone got attention. Everyone was thin and pretty. And I was so happy that I got accepted into this, you know, special elite club. It was just, it made me feel so amazing. I would love wearing my letters on campus and into my classes, just feeling like, yep, I made it. But that never alleviated any of those feelings of self-doubt in any way, shape, or form. And that was something that was in incredibly difficult for me to continue to hide because frankly all I did was kind of hide who I was deep down I hid my insecurities with sarcasm and with binge drinking and you know with trying to date people and get people's attention and all of those things and then come you know, my last year in college, we were doing this event called Beauty Bowl. I was quarterback and it's basically flag football against between all of the sororities for one of the fraternities, philanthropies. And it was one of our first plays and I collapsed to the ground, blacked out a little bit like my eyesight and then felt like, okay, that wasn't good. Something's not right. My then boyfriend at the time, who is now my husband, like helped me off the field. I walked on it for the whole day, like 12 hours, went to the ER afterwards with my little sister and my sorority because we were both beat up and they did an ACL test and the doctor told me like, no, you know what? You're fine. Here's some Vicodin. Enjoy the rest of your night. And here's a full leg brace. I went out that night in the full leg brace with the Vicodin, drinking beers, playing beer pong. And the next morning I woke up in the most excruciating pain I have ever been in in my entire life. And from there that started, that truly started the journey of my eating disorder. I ended up tearing my meniscus, my ACL, and my MCL. I had a long recovery process. It was very traumatic. It was my very first surgery and my first time ever having an injury of that scale or of that caliber. Luckily, I had a fantastic surgeon, but what that situation did was it was truly the catalyst that catapulted me into an eating disorder. Prior to this taking place, I had been very curious about the psychology behind eating disorders and the psychology of those behavioral patterns because I was getting my degree in psychology at the time. So I was purposefully seeking out information and doing presentations on eating disorders because it was so intriguing to me the fact that someone could have that much self-control to for instance be anorexic where they would purposefully choose not to eat anything in the whole day or they would count out four almonds and that would be what they wanted to eat and that did not I did not identify with that mindset or lifestyle at all and to me that wasn't that was a goal to be reached to have that level of self-control just so sad to say, but that was how I felt. And so what did resonate with me is, oh, okay, so there's also this other one 
where you can eat whatever you want and then you just purge it all up because then you're basically just emptying the tank and of course you're going to lose weight. So after my knee surgery and I, I realized, okay, I'm gaining weight. Um, I'm unable to do many things. I could barely, I couldn't bathe myself without my mom's help. I couldn't go up and down the stairs. My mom had to bring me food in bed. I was just a hot mess. It was a very isolating time. And I couldn't really do any physical activity. I'm sure I could have done some arm weights, but at the time that wasn't even like a consideration for me. It was just let's heal. And when I finally was close to healing, I was still going to classes. I was crutching all across campus. We were having fraternity and sorority events. I was wearing my knee brace for them. I just felt like, why did this happen to me? Why am I the one in this scenario? I was just starting to feel confident about myself and I had lost some weight and now I'm in this process where my body has just betrayed me and I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. And frankly, I don't know exactly when the first time I even purged was, but I do vividly remember going to the bars when I lived off campus with two other girls that were in my sorority at the time. And I think we'd gotten burritos or some sort of Mexican food at night. And I remember I sat in my room alone. I had the master at the time, so I had a really big bathroom and a really big room. And I sat somewhere in my room, maybe on my bed, and I just sat there in this daze of anxiety, depression, and almost like almost like I was watching myself from outside. I didn't even pause. I just absolutely like inhaled what I was eating. And then immediately after I ran to the bathroom and made myself throw it up. And I just had this euphoria after that felt so good. I looked at myself in the mirror, so drunk with my bloodshot eyes, looking like an absolute hot mess. And from then on, I realized, wow, I can do this. And that is so sad to say, but that is exactly how I felt. I felt like, okay, I can do this. That wasn't that bad. And truly, well, there's nothing worse in the world than when you're actually sick and you have feel like your body about to throw up. Making yourself throw up in the way that I did was not like an issue for me at all. It was more just something that was a means to an end. I then started doing that pretty much after every single meal, no matter what I ate. I also was obsessively counting my calories. I was trying to work out to burn a thousand calories a day, which I was accomplishing. I was capturing everything in like my fitness pal or apps like that. And if I couldn't find the calories for something, I would search online and Google and try to find it. I was calculating what my alcohol percentage was. But also the biggest disadvantage of this at the time was that because I was literally purging myself of every single thing that I ate, when I would go out drinking, I would be just the biggest disaster. I don't even know who that person was looking back. Like I, I remember being in my head and thinking to myself as I'm out some nights and I'm fighting with my girlfriends or, you know, just being just like this monster version of myself and thinking like no one can touch me because they don't know who I am. And that was like this, it was like this mindset that because I had this secret that only I knew, 
it was almost like I couldn't, I was so afraid to be discovered like I was, but I also had no shame because I felt like I needed to do this or else I would backtrack my weight loss. At one point I weighed 138 pounds and I'm 5'9 and I'm not built that way. Like I was so thin. I think I had lost a total of 70 pounds. No one in my family knew. I was getting so much attention from people. I loved going out to the bars because I felt like it was the first time that I was actually getting some positive affirmations about how pretty I looked. I vividly remember other girls telling me how amazing I looked, posting photos of myself on Facebook and having people comment, you disappeared. Oh my gosh, you look amazing. What are your secrets? Tell me how you do this. And I, I remember being stopped on campus by a male friend who said, basically he gave me a hug and he said, oh my gosh, you look amazing. Like, keep it up. You look so good. And going to New Year's parties with families and having people say like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. Look how beautiful you look. And maybe people had told me that in the past, but it never registered in my brain or I didn't believe it at the time. That was the first time in my life that I actually believed what people said. Like, wow, you look beautiful. And in my head, I was like, yep, I do. And I was so afraid to lose that feeling that I would do anything, truly anything to make sure that someone didn't take that away from me. And if someone tried, I would lie. I would change the subject. I would be nasty. I would do anything to not have to stop my behaviors because for the first time I felt in my life I looked how I wanted to look I could buy clothes and put things on and they would fit me I think I was wearing like a 27 or a 28 in jeans at the time and mind you I'm multiple sizes bigger than that now and I would sit I would come home from work I would go on the workout bike for hours and just watch tv shows after I ate or before I ate I would watch tv shows count my calories if I ate anything, I would purposefully try to burn it. I began working at a gym so that my job was to be able to work out all day and not have anyone look at me as though this were an unhealthy habit. I was touting how healthy I was externally and saying, you know, I think my family or so-and-so is jealous of me because they just haven't been able to reach the goals that I have. Like I put out this front that I was so healthy. I was going about everything the right way. And deep inside, I was struggling so bad. I would go out to dinner with my boyfriend and we would eat dinner. I would eat whatever I wanted, drink, do whatever. And as soon as we were paying for that check, I would say, oh, I'm just going to go, you know, like freshen up my makeup or I'm going to go pee really quickly and I'll be right back. I would purge every single thing I ate. I would then put gum or mints or whatever in my mouth to hide whatever I had just done and then if it took me a long time for any reason I would say oh there was a long line or I would come up with some excuses I did this on a cruise on my girlfriend's bachelorette party and lied and said oh I'm so seasick this is awful for me I'm throwing up all day but I was purposefully conducting those behaviors simply because I knew I had to be in my bathing suit and then if something would trigger me or some male or something would say something to me like you know, you'd be a lot prettier if you smile. I would absolutely be triggered and break down and lose it. That actually happened to me on the cruise from my girlfriend's bachelorette party and I just freaking lost my mind. And when I got into those periods where I was so upset and bawling, 
I started unveiling small truths about the situation that I was going through to my girlfriends or whoever would honestly listen to me as I was bawling my eyes out at the time, saying how I'm so self-conscious, those comments really hurt my feelings. And at some point, I would want someone to know, but I also didn't want them to do anything about it. But I wanted them to know that I struggled and I'm, you know, I'm trying so hard to, you know, to be the best version of myself. And that was honestly like a narrative I told myself is I'm doing this to be the best version of myself because this makes me feel the best. And that is so not the case. Like, if you are going through this, I feel for you so much. The most frustrating things for me at this time was that I was going through this dichotomy of self in a way. Part of me was truly trying to be the best version of myself. I was working out consistently and I felt so good. And maybe that was part of the part of what made me feel so much better because deep down I felt so terrible about myself that I chose to do this to my body for so long. But I was working out every single day, no days off. I remember sleeping at my boyfriend's house after a night out partying and I woke up super early, got on my workout gear and went for a run and I just felt like this is the person I want to be, someone who wakes up early, does their workouts, takes care of themselves, takes care of their body. Because to me, those sorts of people were always the one that I associated with having something. And maybe it was just discipline, but being someone that I wanted to be. And I felt like when I was going through this process, those parts of myself did make me very happy. I felt like I hadn't been doing those things before because I was putting it off because I was never in shape. So I was embarrassed to almost be seen pretending. I felt like I was this imposter until I actually got to the weight that I wanted to be. But then this other part of me like was counting every single calorie and purging every single thing she ate, working at a gym so that she could be acknowledged as having some sort of, I don't even know, just some sort of authority in the fitness industry when really I was doing one of the most harmful things possible to my body. And it took me years and years of going through this process and one of the moments in time where I really hit what I would call as rock bottom was when I was at my parents house we had just maybe had dinner or lunch I can't remember but I feel like it was part of the day and I went upstairs to purge and I could not do it physically my body had no gag reflex at all nothing left. There was nothing coming out. And I remember this absolute moment of sheer panic. Like if you're on an airplane that you think is about to go down and you don't know how you're going to make it out. That is literally the feeling that I got. The amount of cortisol probably coursing through my system at that moment in time would have been insanity. I looked at myself in the mirror and was absolutely terrified is this the moment when this is going to stop working for me? Can this even happen? Is does this exist? And I started Googling, you know, people with eating disorders and if they've ever gotten to this point in time and what they did to get through it, basically, and meaning by get through it, I mean, how did they continue going if all of if this gag reflex had completely disappeared from their system? It was one of the most terrifying moments in time to me because I immediately thought, oh my God, everything that I just ate is actually going to stay inside of my body. And that made me feel horrific. And... 
it honestly wasn't too long after that where I think my sister started to catch on to what I had been doing. And ultimately, my sister is the one who shared with my family what I was doing. There are definitely better ways we could go about that, but I'm not quite ready yet to go into that scenario because my interpretation of it at the time was like betrayal and hurt and looking back on it now like with more wisdom and more clarity into who I am and what my sister's intentions were I'm so much more aware of the fact that her her way of going about this was truly to just protect me and because she was terrified for me and wanted me to be healthy and safe and I was so incredibly abrasive to my family's questions around this that I was absolutely unwilling to face what they were in my mind accusing me of like all of the accuse accusations were wild to me like how could you possibly think that I'm actually just thin now are you jealous like how dare you that was literally my mindset at the time which is so so sad to think about and even after I was ousted or ousted, uh, I guess you could say I still did not stop those behaviors for years. I think this entire process for me lasted, you know, seven, seven years where I was really, really in the thick of it. And then before I got married at 28 is when I finally told my fiance, who's my husband now. And I thought to myself, you know, what kind of a wife do I want to be? What kind of a mom do I want to be? What kind of energy do I want to be bringing into this new environment and this home that we create? What kind of a person do and behaviors do I want to show to my future children? And this was truly just not me showing up for myself in the best way. So I decided that I needed to stop. I looked into, I looked into in-house treatments. I looked into you know, a, a number of resources. And ultimately what I ended up doing was literally just going cold turkey. Like I just stopped. I think there were, it was really hard for me in the beginning because it, it was like this switch that had to go off from being so afraid that if you stepped on the scale that you would see an increase in numbers, I just had to remove them completely. I had to stop my calorie counting. I had to stop so many things that just continued to you know that before that was literally my life I would wake up and go to bed thinking about calories in short if I did not burn more calories than I ate I was frantic and I had this frenetic energy that I needed to use to get rid of I would lay on my floor before I went to bed doing hundreds and hundreds of sit-ups and doing squats and like even if I was absolutely exhausted where I could barely stand up I would do those things no matter what instead of identifying oh my body probably needs to rest I'm really really tired from burning over a thousand calories today like you know purposefully through workouts not just from walking around or doing steps anything like that was actually moments in time where I was doing physical workout purposefully to burn calories so I was probably burning many more than that but it took me just almost stopping some of those things and honestly I wish that I could give more insight into exactly what that looks like but I think I blocked so much of the healing process out I don't even know how to explain how I stopped it was more just like 
I was there and now I'm here today. And there's all this gray space that I can't account for. And that's not because I don't have memories of it per se, but it's almost like those moments in time were so traumatic for me that my system has just completely blocked them out. And now the work that I'm doing today is focusing on healing from that trauma. And truly a lot of what I'm now talking to a psychiatrist, I'm talking to a therapist who specializes in this sort of work. I'm doing a number of spirituality sort of practices like meditation. I'm looking into my human design chart and, you know, different aspects about myself and how to best show up for myself in the world. I've read so many self-help books and truly I think part of the reason why I feel or felt called to share this in the first place was because something was really pulling me to connect and get this out there. And I thought that I would be a lot more emotional when I was actually going through this and recording this, but for some reason I almost feel like I have this dissociation with who I was then and who I am now. Like it's almost like I'm talking about a separate person. It's like I have no emotion tied to that period anymore where when I first started going to therapy, I could barely talk about this without bursting into tears because there was so much shame associated with it and I was just devastated at the fact that I had to let go of that period of my life. And let go of that period for me really meant letting go of a body that at that time I felt like would never be achievable for me again. And frankly, I've never seen again since then. And I'm still doing the work to figure out how to love and appreciate my new body after two kids and, you know, 40 pounds of weight gain. But since that low in my life, I have gained so much weight, but I've also gained so much perspective. And I'm really working hard to get out of that ego mindset that my worth is only derived based on how I look, but it has been one of the most painful processes I have ever gone through and I am still in that painful process and trying to move forward from it. So if you're in a similar situation, whether you went through this disordered eating process or not, just know that you are absolutely not alone. And I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned from this is that our trauma is also held within our bodies. So I'm seeing a naturopathic doctor and I'm working on identifying things that, you know, plagued me for so long. I had, I went to the doctor when I was going through my recovery process to check like my esophagus, to check my teeth, to check my stomach. I had a colonoscopy and an, and an endoscopy before I was even like 27 because I wanted to make sure that I hadn't done severe damage to my body that was irreparable. Luckily, everything looked fine, but I still to this day suffer from certain things where I feel like my trauma is almost trapped in my body. And so I'm doing this shadow work and trying to understand and identify like how do I how do I heal things that my body might be holding on to that my subconscious isn't even aware of yet? And I think that's one of the first, that's probably one of the first steps is like identifying where your body is feeling pain or feeling this tightness, almost unexplainably so, and then searching yourself and your soul to really find out what it's trying to tell you and how you can turn that on its head and use that knowledge as power. Um, Robin Arzon, who's one of the Peloton instructors that I really, really love writing to, has this one quote that I think is so impactful and it says, turn your pain into power. And I think that if there's like one thing that I want to leave anyone with, it's that that is absolutely how 
you should consider moving forward when you have a painful experience. And that's a mantra that I say to myself all the time, turn my pain into power. And I also say, don't break down, break through.